Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Tanya. How are you? Girl, trying to get this much needed rest from the busy week we had. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a busy week. It was a busy week. I had the radio time, which I love doing uh, with my company. you know, if things don't get in the up and up, I will miss doing those because it does. It is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I love doing it, and we did the winter survival uh, radiothon through Thaw and WWJ. Um, so, and it was fun. I got a chance to see my TV crush, uh, Joshua mm-hmm. Landis. Yes, I said his whole name. So, Mm-mm. in case if you're not in the Detroit area, you're out. Because we have people that listen all over. That's who that is. Uh, but I did not fan out, y'all. I, I kept it together. I said, hello. I went to even help him with his jacket. And I was like, that is not your man, Tanya. Come get back in your square. You know, it's the the moment where you can't just go and touch on folks. You know, you, know, you wasn't supposed to touch on them anyway. Okay. You're really not doing it now. Okay. So you can't just help yourself to helping somebody. You have to ask them before touching and everything. So it ended on a good note. And then we both attended the Pistons game for MPAC night down at the um, Pistons, the National Panhellenic Council. So, um, yeah, I had to recuperate. I I was tired. I had stuff with the chapter yesterday for the the pictures to the tea and I've been lounging around since. And like we were saying earlier, you know, offline, I was actually in the mood too, but I I just been, you know, I went through t- today and looked at old videos of my son when he was one and two and a baby because that was before I ended up on this journey. So I was having me a nostalgic, but, you know, moment where I, you know, would love to just turn back the hands of time and, you know, revisit that time. But other than that, just resting. And you, how was your week? Um, My week was, it was pretty good Um, at work. Uh, we kicked off um our... Black History Month programming. Uh, so I was excited about that. Um, it was my first time bringing in, I felt like it was my first time, but I guess it was kind of the second. But the first time, it was kind of like it was a school activity, like it was our mm-hmm. homecoming 
back in September and I did invite, you know, someone, um, one of my writing um, peers that I found on Facebook and I invited her to be the speaker. But this program felt a little different because this was actually a individual library program. It wasn't us partnering up, you know, with any other um, departments in the school. Uh, so, and I kind of spearheaded it. So I had a speaker coming in and I'm still acclimating myself to um, academic librarianship. And because they're, they're not necessarily program heavy, you know, not mm -hmm. like it is on the public side. So it's okay. a lot more hoops to jump through, you know, with uh, programming and getting approvals for bringing people. And because the staff at our library are all new, we're kind of all learning, you know, how this school does things, you know. So once we got the speaker, then we had to find out about, hey, because this, this particular speaker that came on Thursday, he requested an honorarium or he asked about if that was mm -hmm. available. And now at my public library, I know we paid people all the time, but I kind of steered away from events that were that required having to pay somebody. Like I did my own programming and uh, the person that I did bring in, he did it for free because it was a virtual program. But, you know, having to find out, you know, OK, can we pay this person? Do we have this in our budget to pay them? Because he wanted four hundred dollars, which I thought was a lot. Since he, to me, was not a known person. Like, he didn't have right. a big name. But according to my daughter, who has kind of made, this is something that she kind of specializes in, so to speak, with um, speakers. And she's like a social media manager type person. So when I ran it by her, she said, oh, $400 is nothing. <laughs> you know, she was like, there's people out here speaking and they won't. $10,000. I said, yeah, but I'm sure they're not asking that from the library. I'm thinking those people are speaking on a larger level. Yeah. You know, but they speaking at um, to the arenas. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, so I'll just say um, it just took us longer to, you know, get the program kind of um, marketable. So as the day came closer, because like I didn't get the flyer from my marketing department until like January 22nd. And we were kicking off the program on February 1st. So it didn't leave whole it didn't leave a whole lot of time for advertising. So mm -hmm. I was just really worried, like, oh my God, the speaker's coming. And I didn't want him to be speaking, you know, to a crowd of myself. And, you know, that was it, you know. But it turned out really nice. Um, he had brought his daughter and we did get the word out to like our Black Student Union. And we told uh, like our business faculty, history faculty. So we had a couple of professors were there. And um, so it was it was a decent turnout for the lack of marketing that we had put into it. But I'm looking forward to we're having a second part of that program, February 15th. So the flyer is out there, you know, so I, I expect that it to get even more uh, support. Um, with it just having a longer amount of time to be advertised. And um, outside of that, like you said, you know, went to the Pistons game with NPHC. I was really glad that I went to that because, you know, I, I've been in the sorority 11 years. Yeah. So I've had this opportunity to go to the game, 
But I just, I never did it before. I just would like, mm, I'm always on the fence about attending some things. And um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go. Then you wound up enticing me, you know, not knowingly. But when you was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a free uh, giveaway. I'm like, a giveaway? Yes. <laughs> I like that. So I was like, well, let me see. We got two giveaways. We got three giveaways. We got pins. We got sweatshirts. We got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. The only thing that almost had me not go was because, you know, um, I was going to mention this last week, like you had mentioned about your friend, you know, whose um, mom recently passed. And then like a week before that happened, one of the one of the mothers from the neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, she had passed away. So I was going to that viewing and then, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm getting older. My parents are getting older. And since my parents kind of reconciled after having been in this, you know, this battle of not talking to each other for like the last five years or so, you know, I haven't really been spending a lot of time with my mother because she's always hanging out with my dad on weekends. And so I'm like, I we got to we got to. We got to get back on mom's schedule. This is my conversation with my sister. Like, we need to have some girl time, you know, with our mom. So she goes out with my dad, like, on Saturdays and Sundays. So I was like, well, we're going to start doing this on Fridays, maybe like two Fridays out the month. And just to get it started, I was like, well, February 2nd. And then forgetting that that was the NPHC game. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well... I just won't go. We'll go out with my mom. But then it turned out my sister had something to do that day. So we ended up taking my mother to lunch instead. So then that kind of freed me up to go to the game. And then, so Saturday, I had a sister lot client. Uh, That went well. Uh, Got her hair done. And I would say kind of record time. It's good timing for that. And then I kind of spent the rest of that day doing my hair. And then I kind of got, had some emotional um, downtime because in my feelings, you know, about what we're going to be talking about today. But, you know, just in my feelings and I'm just sitting up watching TV and eating bad food that I shouldn't have been eating. You know, that emotional eating it's called. Mm -hmm. And and then today was a much better day because we have really nice weather here in Michigan. Yes, Sunshine, the sun has been shining bright, and I should have took my butt outside of the house yesterday. But instead, I sat here looking out the window and, you know, thinking about things that I should have been forcing out of my head. But I got out today, uh, went to the movies with some sororers. Um, you know, we have these um, interest groups uh, for different things, and I'm in the one where we go to see, you know, movies, plays, uh, concerts. And today was our first outing. We went to go see American Fiction. And this is actually my second time seeing it, but I wanted to go with the Sorbors since I was, or I've become the leader of our group. So I said, well, I'm going to go, you know, and I'll just see it again. But it was a good time. It was good to see it again because Mm -hmm. I actually picked up on some things that I didn't focus on uh, the first time that I saw it, but um, it's been a good it's been a good day. I'm glad that I'm ending the weekend on this note, and that my weekend didn't end with how I felt yesterday. <laughs> so, 
that was it. That was it. Lead into our topic as to, you know, what we're we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, so we are leading into our seventh year on the widow journey. And we were discussing, like you said, you got into your feelings. Minds came about about dating as well, but mostly love. Um, I was literally triggered probably by a message that was sent to me. Remember I was telling you about earlier. Oh, you're the best mom. I'm, I'm even getting other messages that, you know, you're lovely, you're all this. But it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel bad. And you're probably wondering, as listeners, how is that? Because that, you know, those messages could have been well received if the person was willing to commit or willing to stay, stay right. consistent. Put something behind those words. Yeah, it's just words. Yeah, they're just words. It's, it's, it's um, breadcrumbing, like I was telling you on um, episodes before. Uh, so, seven years in the journey, and dating is becoming a little harder. <laughs> um, I do hear about the success stories out here, you know, with people. I hear about you know, some widows that had people that was there for them after they lost their spouse, their fiance or whatever. And then I look back at me and I said, I wonder what I did wrong. <laughs> then I start to wonder, is it karma for something I did wrong? And then I just think to myself, it's just not looking good right now. And no, I am not actively looking. No, I am not actively swiping. I just get to my feelings because sometimes, and LaSharma, you probably can uh, agree to this as well, is that when you put your all into one relationship, you think you can make work or you want to work or you want to, and then it doesn't, and it kind of implodes in a way, and it's just like, what the hell? And I, I had a few of those, and then you just start back over again. Yeah, that's that's the part right there. It's the, because dating, unfortunately, is is not a one and done. You know, once the day you decide to open yourself up, you know, to letting love back into your life, mm-hmm. in most cases, you're not going to meet that chapter two the first time out. You know, dating is is this process that you have to go through. It's part of it is learning yourself, you know, and also giving yourself ample time to learn about this other person. Because as we know in dating, everybody, because I don't want to just put it on the men, but we always lead with our better selves. You know, like I'll be honest, like for myself. Of course, if a guy comes over to my house, if we get to that level when you come over and of course, my house is about to be clean. Like mm-hmm. I'm straightening up my dining room table. I got the kitchen cleaned up. Because right, that's what you do, right? When you're having company, you're okay. going to prepare for company. Mm-hmm. But then as a relationship moves further along and now if you coming over and we're, we're comfortable to the point where I'm letting you come over before I've had that opportunity to straighten up. Like if you coming over on Saturday and I've been having this crazy week and haven't done all of my cleaning and, you know, but I let you come over because Mm -hmm. now 
I'm comfortable with you. So I'm thinking if we have feelings for each other, I don't have to have everything spick and span for you to come over because I'm not expecting to be judged by you if mm-hmm. you come and I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. This was last night because I was tired and I was like, oh, I'm going to get up and do those in the morning. I am not a person that believes Wash all your dishes before you go to bed. I'm not, you know, that's the goal, but Mm -hmm. I'm not holding myself to that all the time because I believe in listening to my body. And if I need to go rest, I'm going to rest. It's not going to kill nobody if the dishes wait until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yes, everybody's not like that, but that's who I am. But however, I wouldn't want a guy, let's say if he's, if he's really a neat freak and that's what he like his woman to do, keep her kitchen clean all the time. Then, you know, he may find out after dating me for four months that I'm not that person. And that's and that's well within his right to say, hey, you don't have the, the cleaning habits that I really like in my woman. So I'm on back out. Mm-hmm. That's the mature thing to do. Like, now, don't just stay with me and then you start ridiculing me about it, you know, like as our relationship goes on. Because I'll tell you now, in my next relationship, when I'm speaking like a marital situation, mm-hmm. I do not want a man that wants to be with me for housekeeping purposes. Like, I don't want it to just be my responsibility to clean the house. Because if it's more than one person living in this house, then it needs to be more than one person responsible for cleaning it. Mm. I need a man that's going, hey, we're going to split the week for, for cooking, for cleaning up the kitchen, for laundry. I want a true partnership. I, I'm done with that whole thing. Like, oh, I'm the woman. Because I feel like we're both contributing to bills. We're both contributing financially. So then why should everything that's supposed to be done in the house just be my responsibility? Because I'm not one of them picky women like, I want it done just this way because I know some women might have that. They might be like, nope, nope, I'll just prefer you to myself. Nope, I will let you do it. <laughs> I will let you help me out and not put it all on me. But, you know, point is, is that, of course, but in the beginning of a relationship, I'm not going to invite somebody over to my house and just be like, I'm just going to have it look however. And that's what they do as well. You know, they might be nicer. They, you know, might, you know, be more romantic in the beginning, buying flowers and stuff like that. But then when they get you and they know they got you, then all of a sudden it's not as important to buy flowers. You might only get flowers when they when they made you mad. I don't want flowers when you're making up with me. I want flowers just because you know that I, I like them and I appreciate them. And if I'm a person where I will buy flowers for myself, I'm kind of showing you what I like. I'm showing you how to treat me. You know what I mean? So that's what I would expect from my partner. But that's not how things wind up turning out. You know, you you meet the pretenders and then when the pretenders fall away, then you got to make decisions like, okay, all right, what I'm seeing now, is it something I can deal with that I want to deal with? And if mm-hmm. it's no, then it's like, you got to cut that relationship off and then you're back to the drawing board, <laughs> starting over. Yeah. So with me, I like that analogy because it does go with the cleaning uh, aspect because a lot of guys, you know, at our age now, you know, some guys might be looking for you to protect, you know, take care of them, which is also a trigger of ours because we don't want to tr- take care of you. You know what I'm saying? You're looking for afterlife 
type of women. Mm-hmm. But I like to, <laughs> you looking for that, you know, who's going to take care of me when I'm sick type person. Um, so, you know, that's something that, you know, that triggers me um, with that kind of, um, what, what you were saying. But I am going to say this. Um yeah, I like that analogy because it is like, it's kind of like a 90-day trial. You know, when you first get hired in a job, mm-hmm. you get your 90 days, you're your best person. Right, I'm not going to do the Yeah, the 91st day, you know, the real person come out. It's like Tyrone came, then when we, you know, 91st is Ty. Ty is here, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Sheila came, but then she she just showed up on the the, the 21st day or something like or uh, whatever her nickname would be. You know, I it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of like that with dating. It's also the era of the internet. A lot of people don't communicate in person. They only communicate uh via media or if they know you because we can see so much now there's so much fear into gradually uh getting to know somebody you know get into this talk and chit chat and flirt a little bit it's, it's it's so much into that now um it can be seen and scrutinized it can be friendly or it can go wrong and the the probability of both is so high that you just say, forget it. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> resort to looking on this phone and scrolling. That's it. So uh, it does get, it is discouraging. I was telling LaSherman today, I said, I think I'm getting to the point where I don't think I'm going to want it. I, I mean, and that's not saying it would never happen but I in my mind I'm trying to let go of it because I think a part of me just want to be able to move on with life without thinking of love but I do because I still look at I still look at shows that trigger love like I look at General Mm -hmm. Hospital for all my General Hospital fans and so I had to watch this week's episode and one of my favorite couples is a little young couple. And I, you know, that that's another thing. I think I long to be young again for some reasons. Because I'm looking at the young couple and it was Spencer and Trina. And for all those fans out there, they know what I'm talking about. And Spencer, the girl, Spencer the fell over with Esme crazy, but in the water again, I said, oh God, I know. And they, you know, they presumed them both dead. I was like, well, we know Esme like Aquaman. She done fell off three tears <laughs> already and still got her crazy self back up there. I was like, she like a, she like a mermaid or something. And I said, we know Spencer's not gone. He just went to um, film that the, um, the show Monsters that's coming for the second season that's based off the uh, Menendez brothers. So he's playing a key role on there, but it was the hurt and the pain of seeing Trina go through it. And it was like, dang, I said, just like that. She had just got finished loving on her man. And (laughs) this is how they wrote the story. And he gone. And he gone. So then it triggered my feelings. But knowing that I know, like the audience knows, and we know that he's coming back. You know how the soaps do. Right. It was a miracle. So and so saved them. Right. I don't get that, Indy. 
I don't I don't get that in me. I don't get the he's coming back in and that's what hurts the most. I don't get the soap opera indie. And I think that's where I had to, as I was going through my busy week, I had to look at things. I was like, I don't get the happy ending. Like when he died, he died. And this is always going to be a journey. Like today, my son asked me, what's wrong? Mom? I'm not happy, but it's not that I'm not happy with other things. It's just that. I can't explain to him what I what a what as a woman what I needed. You know, I need to be loved. I'm I'm tired of it. Like my son's favorite thing is staying at home watching YouTube. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna hold you up. It's one of the worst things. I'm a person that likes to socialize and go out. Um, but I get it. You know, he went out with me in the sororers yesterday. He was sororing. He went to the radio thigh. So I let him have that moment to himself, even though it killed me to let him uh, sit here and just have a little entertainment to himself. But it does take me back to, you know, I don't get that happy ending. So then I'm in my feelings and then it didn't make it no better. I looked at Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, yes, I did on Netflix. Now that's a slow burn. I ain't gonna say it ain't good. It is good. It has um, dark humor. Yeah, and the only thing about that particular show that I don't like because I am a Jennifer Aniston fan, I can't look at that movie. Oh, you talking about Angelina? That was Angelina. No, 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 no. no. I am a Jennifer Aniston fan. Oh, and the fact that it is that movie set when Brad and Angelina started messing around, uh, uh, wait, all of that whole, you know, their chemistry. They were so, you know, they were, they was really, that's when they started messing around. Mm-hmm. So when I see that movie, it kind of makes me think about, you know, that he was breaking Jennifer's heart, you know. So that's how I feel about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So it's not a movie that I watch. <laughs> okay. You know, but, I'm, act, I'm acting like Jennifer, okay. my best friend. Yes. Okay. So I, me, I like wait, the wait, movie. Let me just say this okay. before you go. But I have seen it. So I'm curious as to what you're about to say about this movie that <laughs> has anything to do with like heartbreak or it's you know like the widowhood. Okay, not, okay. It wasn't a movie. Okay, so yes, I've seen that movie. That was one of the movies where I think me and my bestie sat at the movie theater and we both looked at each other, and then it came out that him and you know Angelina had gotten together, and me and Kelly both was like we called it because it was too much of a connection. It, it it sold us too good. It was like, oh, they together. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, well, Angelina and mm-hmm. Jennifer are like totally different people. Like, I don't care what role Jennifer Aniston does, unless it's not anything against her. But she don't pull off sexy in the way that Angelina Jolie does. Like, Angela Jolie like exudes sexiness. I don't know if it's the black hair or it's something about her. So for sure, you definitely saw that chemistry, that sexual chemistry between Brad and Angelina and that movie. Yeah. So I agree with you, okay, Mm -hmm. um, with that. But when I say that, they have now made Mr. and Mrs. Smith a theory. I saw that. Mm -hmm. And it's with... uh, 
uh, lady that's Hopper, which is half Asian Pacific. Like she said, she's half Japanese and half Irish. She 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 mentioned what her um, her nationality was, which reminds me of my friend Sachi. She looks just like Sachi too, except Sachi has um, lighter eyes, mm-hmm. and um, and her um, and her her opposite is um. Daddy Glover, which is um, what's his name? Childless, child, childish. What's the mean, Danny Glover? It, no, it's not Danny Glover. Not that Danny. Oh, the one who played Danny Glover's character in a color purple. No, no, this is the one that played at ATL. Childish, childish Gambino. Okay, why? But what does Danny Glover have to do with him? That was his, that's his name in real life, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't be like, girl, you tell me. Danny Wait a minute. Let me, let me look it up so I won't butcher this boy's name. I'm sorry, childish. Yes, um, yeah. Da- so, so Donald Glover. I said Danny. Okay. It's yeah, it's <laughs> okay. Donald Glover. I do apologize. I had the wrong D, but. He's in the film, so okay. watching that, and they start off, and okay, so it's opposite of the film. The the show is so they already know going in that they work for a you know a secret society type of organization, assassin mm-hmm. thing. It's like a spy organization. They already know. Okay, so the storyline is totally different, and yes, Angelina gave off sexiness. And this one, you're not really getting the sexiest up from Donald Glover's end. And so, um, yeah, I think okay, that... Well, wait, I need yeah. you to go further, because what is that? What is this? Well, okay, okay. So when I look at that, it's their love story, in a way. Oh, okay. it's right, the like, love story. Yeah, so they talking about the assassin, and they have these cases, but it's also about the love story of this girl. And I'm thinking she's not really a looker like Angelina, but the fact that he loves her, you know, he's falling in love with her. He, you know, he, he wanted, one of his lines, he was like, let me put a baby in you. And girl, she had to say, look, I would have had, you know, they do, you know, if you out here with these, you know, these guys or, you know, these people now, they, they do say, you know, that they sexy talk right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that looks not sexy. Let me put a baby in. She, she looked at him like, Who? like I, I wanted to tell her, girl, that's the same look we all have. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> what did you just say? That would just close it down. But I looked at that, and because I looked at that, that further low my desire of. I wanted to be desired. I want to be like that again. And I was like, maybe that was only for the young, you know, because that was another mm-hmm. one where I think, um, well, no, Childish Gambino is now 40. So he's 40 years old. Because I had to look up his age because I was like, maybe I'm out age. I said, oh, he's here for it. So he's 40. I'm not sure how old the um, young lady that played his opposite is, but I was just like, dang, they just got put in the situation and all of a sudden they together and they, you know, getting it on like rabbits. And I still, seven years later, I have not had a committed relationship. I can officially say not a committed one, not one that was like, okay, we boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm bringing you to the potluck, you know, you know, <laughs> let me meet your friends. Ain't none of them have to meet the friends. Uh, threshold but yeah that was the reason why i brought it up because i kept thinking in my head you must have to be young mm. well you know what to experience this I, love well i will say that 
what I think, because I feel like my greatest love that I had, where it's still, <laughs> it does something to me when I think about this relationship, because it was the last time that I was really, really happy. Mm-hmm. And this was in my 20s, though. It was with my high school boyfriend. We reconnected, um, um, like I said, in our 20s. I had been, I was divorcing my ex-husband. He he had not been married. But when we got together, I was still young enough to think, have that mindset of like, oh my God, this is great. Like I had that, mm, that happily ever after feeling. I'm thinking, wow, we reconnected after high school and we're back in this relationship. We were like on track for getting married again. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to after that relationship didn't work out, you know, suffered another heartbreak. And then going through the relationships that I went through after that, you know, when I was 24, then, you know, 27, I had a, the relationship with the older guy that I had talked about with you offline mm-hmm. that almost got physical or that did get physical from his end. Then I, you know, remarried the man that I was divorcing, my ex-husband. We get back together. That didn't end well. Then I, mm-hmm. you know, met my husband. I almost had a little spark with my late husband where I felt like, man, this feels good because it was very, a very exciting relationship from the beginning. And I thought that I finally had this person that, you know, got me and it was going to be great. But then that turned into something else, you know, and it was like kind of another heartbreak. And that heartbreak actually lasted like the duration of our marriage. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was the first time for me because we were together for so long because my other relationships, they ended like no more than three years with my late Mm -hmm. husband between dating and marriage. We were together for 10 years. And so I spent 10 years wanting something from him, from our marriage that I wasn't getting. So that's why I say it was just like this long heartbreak even though we did have some good moments within that, mm-hmm. but we definitely, you know, for me, was definitely dealing with the for better or for worse. So when I think about after you've experienced love, because by the time you get to be where we are now, you know, you're mm-hmm. early 40s, I'm late 40s now. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spent the last 20 years dating in relationships falling in love being hurt or hurting because you we hurt too we hurt other people doing all of that i think it definitely dampens i think your expectations like when we meet people now and the people that we're meeting they've also been through the ring Mm -hmm. they've been through the ringer of this love and marriage and relationships breakups people are unfaithful. So we getting all these people and ourselves included coming into the relationship. We had a whole lot more baggage, I'm gonna call it, but it's really just experience. And I think a lot of times when we when we end relationships, we don't spend enough time really healing from the hurt that occurred in the prior relationships before we jump into something new. You know, and so then it's like here we go again. And I don't think that I would love to believe that I could have that feeling of when I loved 
when I was, when I met my guys, I was 16 when I met my high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I would love to be that girl again. That was just like, I was just so raw and so inexperienced and just to, I didn't have the negative thoughts that I now have, you know, from experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's very different. I think now for a woman in her forties, and, and older, being single is very difficult. It's difficult unless we want to go younger <laughs> because when we get the men and they're also in their 40s and they've been hurt by women, I think men, they deal with hurt and pain worse than we do. Mm-hmm. I think women do at least acknowledge the hurt and we do try to heal from it where I think the men, you know, we're gonna say majority because there might be some out here. <laughs> a lot, might be yeah. Matching souls and, and um, keeping them. <laughs> kind of like the Marvel uh, guy. Remember, you go to the uh, the one where um, Gamora got thrown, and and then uh, Scarlett uh, Johansson's character, uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Him. They they take your souls, <laughs> and so is the men. Like they take your soul and. It's not your soul, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say all of that, that I think it is definitely harder for us to find love in the 40s. In our, when we're older. Yeah. Because we're just too, we can't, once you've experienced stuff, it's like you can't erase it. You know, our life is not, you know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a pad that we can, okay, now I'm going to erase this and I'm going to start over. Because it's in your head. It's in your head. It's in your heart. And, you know, it's scary out here. I mean, I just think about, like, the young lady, unfortunately, who, um, the poet, that who was a, um, what was she, domestic violence advocate that recently oh, right. killed, you know, by her, her boyfriend, longtime boyfriend, husband. Mm-hmm. And you think about things like that, and it's like, man... How does the how, we know when these people got together, it wasn't you know bad. You had this man had to have loved this woman at mm-hmm. one point, you know. So it's like, how do you go from loving this woman, caring about this woman, to then stabbing her? You know. Mm-hmm. So we see the stuff, and it makes you nervous. It's like, man, I don't want to get too close. Like I gotta really watch you because these people out here be they be pretending. You know, but we got to pay attention to the signs. And I just think that sometimes we don't want to deal with that anymore. It's like, you know, life is hard enough than to be out here trying to make it work with somebody. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think it's just definitely hard, but I will say. Because like, he, had, I, uh, he was the kid's step. They was the kid's um, step stepfather. I believe. Yeah, right. They didn't was... have kids together. But um, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm not ready to give up on love, but I do. I think I was talking to somebody today. It wasn't you. I feel like who was I talking to? Oh, you know what? It was my client. My client, not my client. She mm-hmm. is. I don't know exactly how old she is, but she's definitely over forty. She might be over fifty because she got grown, grown kids. Like okay. 
But she recently got married. So they've been married not a year. Aww, and I remember right. her. Mm-hmm, wait till I tell you. Wait till I get through the story. Uh-uh. Oh, uh, girl. Go ahead. Let me shut up. Where my water at? Okay. All right. Let's get, get the wag, girl. But anyways, I remember when I first, when she first became my client, um, it was like they had just gotten married. Um, June. I'm doing her here in July. She's showing me, you know, like pictures of before she got married, you know, she's been married before. And so she's just showing me some of the clothes. And then she's like, she's saying these things and I'm picking up on it. She's like, oh, yeah, my husband, he said, I can't wear that no more. And I'm thinking, you are grown as a woman. What do you mean he said you can't wear that no more? I didn't say that to her because, you know, this is our first real, you know, client session. But then I'm looking at the clothes. The clothes were not inappropriate. It's not like she had on some mini skirt or cleavage revealing stuff. But for some reason, this husband that she just married said, oh, no, you can't wear that no more. And so she falling for sure. She think, oh, yeah, he said I can't wear that. And I'm thinking, you're a little bit too old in age to be dealing with that. Like, that's not cute. And, and she, I feel like, as a mature woman, she should pick up on that, that that's, that's starting control. He's trying to control you by telling you how to dress. Yeah. You know, because if a man, if I met a man today and he talking about, oh, you can't wear that if you're my woman, excuse me? I know how to dress myself. But anyway, so fast forward to our session yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now it turns out Ooh. there's trouble in paradise. Because now she's like, yeah, you know, and I just know he has a trust problem. And she was like, she said she asked him when they first started dating, she asked him because he'd been divorced twice. She said, have you healed? Have you healed from these things that you went through in the relationship? She said, he said, yes. But like now she's noticing when still not even a year that they've been married. It's only been like six, seven months. But now she noticed that he's always questioning her, you know, and like the whole and it started with him trying to tell, oh, you can't wear that no more because you're my wife. Mm. If this is what I wore when I met you, why was that inappropriate then? And now you want me to dress like I'm a church mother or something. You know, so we're not doing that. Right. And she they had dated for like a year before they got married. That's not a lot of time. But that's what a lot of people think nowadays. Like, they kind of feel like because you're older that you're supposed to already know what you want. And it doesn't take, you know, three, four or five years to know if you want to be with someone and marry someone. But here you have these very grown people that thought they knew each other. And here they are six months and she already talking that she will divorce him. Like, if he don't get his stuff together and, and work on his trust issues, then she would divorce him. So that's how that story ended. So you, I, I was thinking when I first met her, like, oh, that's cute. Because she didn't even live here. Well, she was born here and stuff. But at the time that they met, she was living in Atlanta. She, one of her best friends lives here and was kind of like, oh, I got this guy. I want you to meet. He's a really nice guy. So the friend introduced them. So they started, you know, she looked at his Facebook page to see what type of guy he was. Then they started talking over the phone, you know, and then she wound up moving here. And 
you know, so at first you think, oh, that's so sweet. And then now here they are, they could be getting a divorce. And I just pray that I hope that whatever his trust issue is, that it's not that bad, you know, to where she could possibly be in danger. Because mm-hmm. that that's the thing that scares me. Like when I hear about like that poet, you know, your boyfriend killing you. I'm just like, what are the signs? Like, what are the signs when you need to, you know? She wasn't, yeah. This is not a, when I say young, she ain't 20. She our age, yeah. Yeah, she in her 40s. And you know, you are a domestic violence. She was a domestic violence survivor turned advocate. So Mm -hmm. she should have known, and that's not, I'm not saying, you know, like it was her fault, but I'm just saying you would think if you've been in that type of situation that you would know kind of the signs to look for if this person is starting to turn violent towards you. That's the thing, the signs, depending, she probably was looking for the same signs she found before and the sign can show up differently. And because it's, like we just said, the longevity of the relationship, you find yourself, okay, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll do this. I don't want to get back out there. We connect. Right, we stay with them. Yeah, so that, you know, that is the relearning everything all over again. And that's when you get discouraged because now you're like, I don't want to start over. And so then you just stay with it. You know, they know what to say to get you back in and how to, you know, manipulate you in that way. So, you know, our hearts go out to that, you know, young woman and her daughters because her daughters discover her body. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just not, it's not a fun feeling. And I, I feel really, you know, awful that that happened, but that's one of the things about being on this journey. You don't want to be in that situation. Right. It's scary. You, 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 you go back to like, dang, I had, I had it good. (laughs) And now it's not here, Lord. So now I'm just sitting here like I, you know. Of course, I go back to my little crush, my little TV crush over there. I saw him. We instantly locked eyes. And I was mm-hmm. like, hi. But the connection, you know, as the one guy I dated back in the, you know, not dated, but, you know, because he wouldn't call that dating. <laughs> the one guy I could, you know, hit the zucchini with. Let me put that thing. <laughs> um, he was like, I haven't found a spark that I had. That, you know, that's why I was telling another friend. I said, girl, because they're like, oh, you should have did this. You should have did, girl. The spark, oh, no. The spark has to, the, 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 these guys go off for sparks. <laughs> they they looking for fireworks. If the firework ain't working, <laughs> or and the thing you know, is, and then and see, I'm a dynamite, so you, you, you went, you're not going to get a spark when you see me. I'm a dynamite. You got to turn her up. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you never get the spark. For, you need some priming. You need some yeah. priming. Yeah, you, you got to set her up. You got to set her like a firework. You got to set her up and then light her. And then <laughs> it makes magic happen. So, but, yeah. But then here's the other thing. See, women, men know they can get sex. They can get sex a, a dime a dozen. So I don't think any of us women need to be out here trying to uh, do flips and tricks in the bedroom for the man because that's not what they're looking for. Because And I, I'm telling you, these men, you got to be so careful because sometimes they will be with you in a way that 
you thinking you all are dating. You thinking this might be going somewhere. I ain't but got no I, tricks. I have met a man. I have I'm met put a that guy. out there. Okay. I ain't got no tricks. Listen, hey, I, 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 ain't got no, I ain't got no tricks. I'm like, oh, girl, off that video, that movie, girl, on my Netflix, and she said what I was thinking. I don't know no tricks. <laughs> okay, but I just want to say this for the people why it's so important to listen and watch. First of all, listen to what men tell you because some men will say, I don't want to be in a relationship. If they tell you that, if they tell you that, you have got to believe it. I don't care if they are calling you every day and showing you the consistency Mm -hmm. and coming over your house, bringing dinner, cooking dinner, making love to you, all this stuff. Mm. And if they say it, they don't want a relationship. If you know you do, you got to walk away before you get hooked to that sex because the men, they have a gift. They have a gift of knowing how to separate sexual satisfaction. <laughs> they know how girl is the gift, I tell you. We know it is. They got a gift. You like, they got a gift. It's a, I love that. I'm not going to be blasphemous and call it a spiritual gift. But it is definitely a gift that they have that women do not possess, most of us, that where they can have sex. I mean, they could do it. I mean, you could be thinking y'all are so connected and all of this stuff. And they will still tell you two years later, well, I told you I didn't want a relationship. So in their mind, they're just kicking it with you. So women, we got to be on our P's and Q's. We got a lot to decipher because men, even though we always say that men, you know, like that they're dumb or, you know, they're not as intelligent and stuff like as we are, but they they mean what they say. And no matter how much sex you give them, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring another woman in the bedroom. I'm going to freak him down. You're going to give him all of this stuff, all make his, all his fantasies come true. And then if you're going against what you want to do, now, if you want to be with other women, do it because you want to. Don't do it because you're thinking you want to freak this man down and show him that you're so willing to do whatever you need to do to please him. That's not going to make you wife material to them. And they will be screwing you and all of this stuff with you all the while keeping their eye open for that potential wife that they may actually want. But if they know that they're not ready for a relationship... They're looking for the spark. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but I just think that we we just got to be careful out here and know when we got to come to terms of what we want. Mm -hmm. Know know if you want to get remarried. Know if you just want to date someone casually. Because sometimes if you want to date casually, you don't need to have bring sex into it. Because women, we do tend to get emotionally attached when we start having sex with people. You know? So, it's really hard out here. Because I definitely, so like the men today, I think these older men, like the fact that they don't approach women like they used to. But the younger ones... I'm sorry for my dog want to be on the podcast. Yeah, honey. <laughs> no, that, that's Max back there. Oh, that's Max? Look. Oh, yeah. Barking honey. at honey. Yeah, yeah honey's look, honey looking like she podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, um, gosh, what was I saying? You said the younger guys. Oh, 
So I listened to my son. My son was 19. Mm-hmm. And so the way they connect, they are definitely are immersed on social media. But they do hookups in, in DMs. That's what the <laughs> young people are doing. You know, because I'm thinking, my son is in North Carolina. He has only been in North Carolina for less than a year. But he already, before he got to North Carolina, he had met a person while he was in Texas in North Carolina. And so they are now, you know, they're they're friends, they're dating or what, you know, whatever the young folks do. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you just met you somebody. And then before that, before he started talking to her, he had another friend here in Michigan that he had met her over social media. Snapchat. You don't really hear people talk about Snapchat too much. I thought that was dead and gone. Uh, I heard about they still the, use it. Yeah, the kids still use it. I heard about the dating on the Snapchat. So, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he had met this girl on Snapchat. She came to visit him in North Carolina. and um, But, you know, she was there for like nine days. And then Nate oh. wound up saying, um, he said, yeah, I, I need a break from her. She's too clingy. Stay shy, clinger. Uh-huh. I guess she was wanting him to like call her all the time. And Nate said, Nate, my baby, he said, I mean, we just hung out for nine days together. So when she went back home. <laughs> nine we, days meant forever for that right, girl. That right, was forever. Right. So when he went, when she went back home, he wanted a break. He didn't want to talk for a little bit, a couple days. And he was like, she wanted to talk all the time. And he like, girl. I was just with you for nine days, so he had, he cut he cut her loose. But I'm Tell just I'm, stop snatching souls out here. He got that girl coming all the way from Michigan. Well, he for nine her days well now. That's what I'm saying. I might like, yeah. Know, what kind what kind of time she got for work to take nine days off? Did she work? She did. She had a job at I think like a mall. I don't know if she was a supervisor, but she had a job. Yeah, she done took nine days but, but off. But but here's my my thing is. I'm seeing from his point, being a young man, he is approaching, he's approaching women that he's interested in. Even though it's via the internet, that's how these young people are connecting with each other. They're and they're going across state lines. <laughs> like they're not limiting themselves, you know, to, oh, I'm I live in Michigan, so let me only talk to girls in Michigan. If they going through Snapchat and he sees somebody to look cute, it's like, hey mm-hmm. girl. But our generation, they're not doing that so much. Or if they do, it's like this disconnect. Because I saw one of my sorors had posted on so on, on Facebook, like she gets offended when somebody tries to connect with her via social media. Mm-hmm. She does not think that's cool. But I kind of was like, well, but that's how people are doing it now. Because when you're posting so much about yourself online, a person may not be able to come to where you are physically. But if you're posting a lot of personal things about yourself, they're feeling like they know. Like, okay, this seems like a really cool girl. I want to get to know her. So you go into the Facebook Messenger and, you know, try to introduce yourself. I don't think that's anything to be offended by. Now, on one end, if you tell me, well, I'm a married man, but I just wanted to tell you that you got it going on. Now, maybe I'd be offended by that because you're married. Like, don't Mm -hmm. come in my DMs if you are not even available, you know. But 
if a guy was interested in me because of things that I post on Facebook and he wanted to say hello through Messenger, I would give that a try. I wouldn't be offended, you know, by that unless he was disrespectful with, you know, you tell me you want to, can I come and take your panties off? Then I might be like, whoa. Wait a minute. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you get you get them the the the, 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 the uh, private parts um, pictures. You get you get kind of stuff like that too through the DM. Uh, but yeah, I think that's why I say I miss. Uh, I thought I'd never say this, but I miss being young. When I thought I got to forty, I was supposed to. You know, I feel like my sexual arousal went up a notch like I'm ready I'm like I'm ready to go peak, girl. We, we learned sexual peak in the 40s yeah but men uh, get theirs at 20 I might <laughs> have like to go it. ahead and bottleneck this up for 60 or something mm-hmm. it ain't it, I'm at almost 42 and I'm like this it's a drought like no other and you have to be attracted to the person. It has to be some type of attraction. You just can't go out there and just go wild. And, you know what I'm saying? Right. You, you know? have to have an attraction to turn on the waterworks. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about it is they just ain't feeling it. I give it up to date, though, because I understand. This <laughs> girl came all the way. He done snatched a soul up here, and she done got up down there. And But I, I like how he said, like, well, wait, we done spent nine days, and that is excessive at that time, because after nine days with somebody straight, you do want to like a, a, I don't know, a potty break or something. I'd be like, oh, we ain't talk like, but sometimes when you fill in the person, I, you know, see it from her view, she probably thought they really connected, you know, whereas he's like, yeah, you're doing a little too much. And as women, we have to know where we at. You know, you, you probably want somebody that can meet you on your emotional level. You know what I'm saying? Where you're at because you do have the one there are women that need that are very needy, so you need a lot. There are women that just need you to check on them, uh, you know, or just say, "Oh, I thought about your smile today," or something like that. And there would are women. I would you say you're a person that needs to be? Do you need everyday communication from your partner? We're gonna say if you were in a relationship, is that is that when I was to- when I was younger? I thought. I had to have the communication all the time um, from my partner. Uh, when I was there, your cousin, that was one of our <laughs> Like, he would text me every day, but I wanted this phone call. And he wasn't a talker. Not on the phone, he was a texter. So, it depends. Now, because I'm busy, I don't need it all the time. It would so if a red flag, if you had a boyfriend, I mean, like if you had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and like it'd be okay, like if y'all didn't talk for twenty four hours. And I'm done. When I say talk, I mean whether it's a phone call, quick text. Um, no, I I, I do like quick text, um, but it doesn't have to be a full blown conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Well, yeah. But I, it does have to be somebody that can meet me on my emotional level because I go. I can go zero to 10, especially with everything. When you're going through, it's a little different. When you're going through something, like I'm going through something right now that's career-wise, right? I need someone to talk to. Um, one of the persons that was a friend at the time that tried to be um, TT's next boo, but it always stuck in the back of my head. <laughs> Sorry. Was 
And I remember I was going off about work, and he was like, Fire. Something he said, in other words, like, I don't want to hear it. And I thought my husband don't like to hear too much of complaining, as they call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would need somebody to meet me on that level that would let me have that moment to rant. You need water? You need a water break? I probably did, but I got it together. I got it together, Gary. But yeah, I probably need somebody that could meet me on that level. Mm-hmm. And that's where the cause probably would be more if I'm going through something, because I need you to hear me, because I don't think I'd be, I'm being heard. I have two things. I don't, I don't know if i always being heard and if i be always being chosen. So those are my two triggers. So I would need somebody then, but on a regular when things are going smooth and stuff, just a quick text would do. As I went more into my, you know, wet, you know, my marriage, you know, him, when I say, oh, text me, it was June. I got the most texts from him before he passed in July. And some of those text messages were, I love you. And I was just like, I love you too. But I, I was You're like, what's this for? Yeah, like, yeah, because I had gotten used to his style of communicating. So it was weird. But those are the messages that stuck out to me. I still have those on my phone to this day. Okay, can you do this? And I love you. Oh, it was really? almost kind of like, he felt like his, that he felt like his time was limited before he knew it was limited. Like, I felt like it was something wrong then, probably. But it, it's hard to say because, again, I'm not him. But I look back at that and I thought that was so, you know, surreal that he would say that because I think he said it more that month than I ever have heard him say it. Like, he always said he loved me, but not as much as he did in those text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It, like I said, again, it depends on if everything's smooth like it was. It was smooth then, so a quick message then was nothing to me. You see what I'm saying? Now, what, I mean, uh, but I was good talking, enough for you. But are we talking from a perspective of you guys were living together? Yeah, so that was not, a different. Well, yeah, so, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking like when you're dating. Like if you're dating, dating. someone, or you know, let's just say you're in a relationship, but it's not a living relationship. Amen. But you guys are... Con- <laughs> Well, you you went old. Be well, I guess you're older now. But you guys didn't live together immediately, so there was some time. So during that time, it was a struggle for me during that time. But I feel like that time it was different than this time. That okay. time you had no kid. That time you didn't have a job where she was uh, of leadership. That time you didn't have a podcast. She helped. she was not a widow. You this widow now. When I was doing the communicating style as the old tire, I realized quickly that the guys don't communicate like that. So I'm a firm believer in matching energy. Well, I think for myself, I would say that I like daily contact with the person that I'm in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's, it can be a text. Like, let's say, you know, because of our work schedules or whatever, we might not be able to connect on the phone for a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I would like, I like good morning text messages. And oh, I would like to have, like, you know, so we're not living together. I just don't think it takes much. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you know, after you go use the bathroom, brush your teeth, 
your phone is it? Because usually most people are picking up their phone, whether mm-hmm. it's to look at the time, to see what time it is. And most of us don't have clocks in our house anymore because of cell phone. Or, you know, maybe in the bathroom. You might have to phone in the bathroom when you're taking your, your morning, whatever. So I think that it's not, it does not take anything away to shoot the person that you are with a good morning text, you yeah. know? And then let's say at night, let's say if you get home too late or you're just really tired, can't really, you don't feel like talking, mm-hmm. you could say, hey, about to go to bed, talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm okay, though, and I'm, I'm fine that, but you know, I found in my last relationship that I learned that about myself because I don't like it when you start doing that. And then and once, take we, that once we get solidified in the relationship, then you're not doing that. And I, I'd really be like perplexed because honestly, I wake up and, but see, that's the thing. See, that when I talk about the representative was consistent. Mm-hmm. Right, because you know when we started talking, you're texting me or you're calling me in the morning. When you come home, um, this this particular guy, you know, he worked um late late night sometimes, and if he if it was too late to call me, he would text me or he might text me to see was I still up, mm-hmm. and then if I if I text him back, yes, then he called. But like the longer the relationship went on. Then I'm getting stuff like, oh, I came home and I just went straight to sleep. And I'm like, first of all, you didn't walk in the door and just plop on the bed and go straight to sleep. <laughs> right? I'm like, no, I'm literally you didn't do that. So there was time for you to say good night or, you know, I was tired when I got home. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I like that kind of consistent conversation. So I guess the, the key will be I need to I need to recognize that and I need to be true to myself so that when the next opportunity for a relationship comes up and you start having those conversations with people, you know, well, what do you like? What are you looking for in a guy? That needs to be up there on my list. You know, I need regular, I need regular communication. And I'm not that kind of insecure communication. Not the insecure kind. Like, I don't need you to be, where you going? I'm on my way to the store. I don't need us to keep up with each other like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking like, and we're not going to be able to have a conversation sometime today because of whatever. You're busy, you're tired, you're stressed out, whatever. I just think it's oh, I think it's not too much to add to stay connected with your person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. Consistency is definitely high up there. Um, but I, like you said, I don't need the phone conversation. A text message would do. Uh, I still like conversation over the phone because I don't like texting. Mm-hmm. But I do like you know the consistency of you know the consistency and that's what you you want them to the same thing they came in with is the same thing they should be doing in the relationship and like I told you that's 90 days right because when you text somebody when you start a habit of you know texting somebody or calling somebody every day what that's doing is communicating to them that they're important to you Right. So then when you stop doing that, then it communicates the opposite. 
they're not important to you. Like, yeah. even though you're not saying it with your words, you're saying it with your actions. Yeah. You know? So for sure, I would, you know, because we were ready to wrap up, but it's yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely a challenge. Um, you know, being a older, mature woman mm-hmm. looking for love or being open to love, you know, because, you know, all of us have been through so much at this point in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of healing that people need to do that they haven't done. But when we meet people, we should be trying to be our best selves. And um, and that means kind of getting over some of your baggage. Like if you, you got baggage, you were treated wrong in the past, it's not fair to hold the new person responsible for the old person. So I know we've talked about letter writing and stuff like that. Maybe we need to write letters, you know, to our ex-boyfriends or, you know, even our late husband. If your late husband, like my late husband did not, you know, treat me as well as I would have liked. That might be some. I might need to write a letter to him, even though you know he's gone, we can't have any more conversations, you know. But maybe I need to write letters to free myself of that so I won't try to expect my new person to do all the things that I wanted my previous person to do, you know. So it's just, it's just a lot to this healing thing and growing, you know. But I'm not giving up on love, I do think it's possible. <laughs> but I also think it's definitely going to look different than yeah, what, our 20 year old, what, what our 20-year-old selves, you know, were looking for and expecting. Well, Tanya might be wrapping it up, but we, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is going to be our retirement. But yeah, Girl, you, a... You're too young to be retiring from love. <laughs> I told we already discussed it, girl. You and your sexual prime. You don't want all of that to get wasted. Yeah. Because when you get in your sixties, things are gonna change. (laughs) So better make the best of these forties. Well, we'll see. So this has been another good episode. Agreed. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.